Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the 10th and final commandment, Thou shalt not covet. Being under grace doesn't mean you can do whatever you want. Well, what does it mean then? It means that since you are married to Christ, this is extremely important, the singular focus of your life now becomes pleasing Him. Not because of law, but because of love. Amen? So if you want to simplify the Christian life, it's not about trying to measure up to the Ten Commandments because we all realize we've fallen short of them. I'm not saying the law is gone. We, it's still a moral compass for us. But our ultimate desire as Christians is having been united to Jesus and we want to be, show fidelity unto him as in a marriage. Amen? Now here's what we know for those of you who are married. When you marry somebody, you come to the altar, and I've done so many weddings, and it's always wonderful to see the groom, and he's there, and here she comes, and tears usually start to flow, and it's wonderful. And the wedding ceremony can almost blaze right past them because they're just, whoa, there's so much going on and so much stuff. And, and all of a sudden, you share the vows, and you will you have her only, be faithful under her only, as long as you both shall live? Yeah, 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 yeah. And will you have him? Yeah, 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 right? Well, she, usually she hesitates a little bit because he didn't look as pretty. But anyway, never mind. All right. So, so the, the marriage is consummated. Vows are given in the Christian life. This is what happens the moment you get saved. We love him because he first loved us. We enter into a marriage, a new covenant, and we grow. The same grace that saved you is the grace that sanctifies you. Amen. The same way that you got justified by the finished work of Jesus, you will be sanctified by grace. Grace is a great motivator, but ultimately the idea is love. I want to do for him what I can do. And I'm going to grow. Of course, when I'm a brand new Christian, I'm going to probably have different struggles than if I've been a Christian for 20 years. You see the marriage analogy. The same is true in marriage. Things change. Seasons change. But love grows deeper. Appreciation grows deeper. This is what Paul is saying. He's saying you've been joined to another. And this is how you bear fruit to God. For while, 7, 5, we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit the other way, to bear fruit to death. The wages of sin is death. But now, as believers... We've been released from the law, having died to that which we, by which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the Spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? So is the law the problem then? Is the Ten Commandments a problem? May it never be, God forbid. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law. Keep reading. For I would not have known about, here's our command, coveting, If the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin, personified here as a person taking an opportunity or crouching at the door, sin taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. For apart from the law, sin is dead. 
And I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, uh, proved to result in death for me. Do this and you, you will live. The law said, we can't do it. For sin taking an opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. The, the law is holy, verse 12. The commandment's holy and righteous and good. That's not the problem. In the rest of the chapter, Paul says, the problem's not the law. The problem is right here. Looking back at me in the mirror. And coveting has brought that to the fore or brought that home probably more than any other commandment because coveting is all about what's in here. All about what's rotating in this brain of mine and this heart of mine. And in any given week, whenever we long for that which doesn't belong to us, that which is forbidden, we are in trouble. We are breaking this command. And here's, here's another interesting thing. Not only does the command bring light to our hearts, but the command also, in some sense, stimulates sin. It seizes opportunity and it stimulates sin into me. You say, how does that work? Well, imagine that you leave church today and you drive down Main Street and a new business has been built with a brand new front window and it says, it is forbidden to throw rocks at this window. Well, some people would look at that and be rule keepers, but other people might be tempted. What do you mean forbidden? All of you have seen the sign that says, wet paint, do not sit here. Usually you invite your friend to test out that theory, right? There is something in us that when someone says the line is right here, there's something that in us that wants to cross the line because it's a bit naughty. It's a bit exciting. Let me, I'm going to use it in illustration from uh, normal everyday life so we can get this. And I, this is a conversation I heard between two scholars, and they put it this way. Imagine that you have a boyfriend and girlfriend, and they know that they shouldn't live together. Either they have Christian teaching or they're, they're, they're believers, and they move in together. And they, they, they break what God says. No premarital sex, etc. But they move in together. It happens all the time, right? Inside, outside the church. And they're living together. And there's a certain excitement to doing what's forbidden. A certain naughtiness to it. And so let's say that they do it. And they have people warning them, whatever. But they do it. And for a while, it seems stimulating and exciting. But let's say that that same two people decide to get married. Well, all of a sudden, that can bring up some questions about their fidelity later when he goes on a business trip or whatever. I'm not saying it happens all the time. My bigger point is this. There's something in us that when the line is drawn forbidden, we want to step over it. The, the line can sometimes stimulate sin. Uh, our children, we tell them, this is the boundary. Do not cross it. And some of our kids are poster children for strong will. And they not only step over it, but then they say, what's he going to do about it? And that's when you apply the board of correction to the seat of understanding. Can I get a witness? All appropriate. Don't call Dr. Phil and tell him Pastor Michael or whatever. Anyway. So Paul says, not only did the command undo me and show me my need for a savior, but the command stimulated sin. Francis Schaeffer puts it this way. Thou shalt not covet is the internal commandment which shows the man who thinks himself to be moral that he really needs a savior. The average such moral man, in quotes, who has lived comparing himself to other men and comparing himself to a rather easy list of rules can feel like Paul that he's getting along all right. 
But suddenly, when he is confronted with the inward command not to covet, he is brought to his knees. And this is what happens in our world. It's what happens in our heart. It is fed by our culture. Turn over to Luke chapter 12. I heard a story about a family that the mom called everybody together. She was ill, called the family together, Luke 12. And she said, okay, we're going to, I'm going to leave everything to you guys. So I want you to start to tag what you want in the house. And, and never do we see uh, greed and covetousness like in squabbles over family money and possessions. And so everybody, you know, starts to split up and tag things. And there's a little tension, a little fighting. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And it starts to get a little bit ugly. And one of the kids takes a tag and puts it on mom. and says, I want her, not all her stuff. And I will tell you that inheritances and uh, money and squabbles over these things sometimes will bring out all the worst in us. Because we get fixated on a possession and we lose the heart of God. Jesus in Luke chapter 12 was teaching and the end of uh, verse 2, he began saying to his disciples, Luke 12, 2, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Paul had been a Pharisee as Saul. They're phonies. There is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known, including coveting. Accordingly, whatever you've said in the dark will be heard in the light. What you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. Now, Jesus gives a few more encouraging words and then dropping down to verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? And then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard, double warning against every form of greed or covetousness. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. It's almost as if that man in the crowd didn't hear what Jesus was saying. And right away he spurts out, Rabbi! And rabbis used to be asked to solve these kinds of things. Tell my brother, tell that brother of mine to give me my stuff. And Jesus was like, wait a minute. Do I, I guess I need to repeat this. Beware of this. Be on your guard. Watch out for it. Because it can be subtle and not so subtle. I heard a story of a man. He was mowing his lawn. And he said, you know, he's got this great house. And he, he enjoys doing yard work. You know, putting the lawn, lines in the lawn. And a little water on top of it. You know, there's a certain satisfaction after you've mowed the lawn. And it looks good. And you've edged it and everything. So he said, I did this. And I, I sat down, and I looked at my lawn, I looked at my house, and I thought, this is so cool. This is great. Look at that lawn. It looks awesome. Thank you, Lord. And he was knocking back a glass of iced tea, and he started thumbing through a magazine that was sitting outside. And he said the, the name of the magazine was called Homes and Gardens. And he said as he began to thumb through it, he saw these beautiful lawns and these beautiful gardens. And he began to look at his own lawn and his own house. And he was like, he saw these incredible homes. And he was like, this is a shack we live in. This lawn is just a weed-infested, terrible, and he just was going off. And all of a sudden, satisfaction and contentment became coveting and dissatisfaction. In a moment of seconds, just thumbing through a magazine, and he said, oh, wait a minute. It wasn't called Homes and Gardens. It was called Better Homes and Gardens. Because there's always something better 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Resurrection Sunday is almost here. Moving through the book of Matthew, talking about the kingdom of God and anxiety and how to overcome it in the words of Jesus. Pastor Michael Lance has invited you to celebrate Easter at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Early risers can come to the first service at 6 a.m. Just bring a chair and a blanket, maybe a carafe of coffee or whatever you need, and we'll be celebrating the Lord early in the morning as the sun comes up. Visit Living Truth Christian Fellowship on Easter Sunday for the 6 a.m. sunrise service, the 8.30 service, 10.30 service, or for the Spanish-speaking service at 1 p.m. Remember, you can always tune into our YouTube channel If you are not available to join us live or locally, we have a YouTube channel and you can get to it at walkintruth.com. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona. Download the Living Truth app for more information or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's the Living Truth app or call 844-48-TRUTH. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Knocking back a glass of iced tea, and he started thumbing through a magazine that was sitting outside, and he said the, the name of the magazine was called Homes and Gardens. And he said as he began to thumb through it, he saw these beautiful lawns and these beautiful gardens, and he began to look at his own lawn and his own house, and he was like, he saw these incredible homes, and he was like, this is a shack we live in. This lawn is just a weed-infested, terrible, and he just was going off. And all of a sudden, satisfaction and contentment became coveting and dissatisfaction. In a moment of seconds, just thumbing through a magazine. And he said, oh, wait a minute. It wasn't called Homes and Gardens. It was called Better Homes and Gardens. Because there's always something better. There's a story about a man named Aurelio Barreto. He became a Christian as a, a businessman. He started the company Dog Glue that sold dog houses built like igloos. It took off he sold it for millions and millions of dollars. He was a non-Christian. I guess he didn't have that great of a reputation. And uh, he went down to a Porsche dealer in Riverside. He bought a brand new cherry red Porsche, Porsche Turbo Carrera with the top down, paid cash for it, and started racing down the 91 freeway and had this overwhelming sense of emptiness come into his soul. And I just thought to myself upon hearing that story, I just want to try it. Just to see, 
if that same overwhelming sense of emptiness would occur. Covet, 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 covet. Anyway, so he was going down the 91, and he said he felt this terrible emptiness. And he was like, if I just bought this car cash and this doesn't make me happy, what's wrong with me? Well, that led Aurelio Bredo to open his heart to Christ and realize that possessions, the abundance of one's possessions don't do it. And people who often get to the top will tell you this. You know, there's programs out there. I don't know if they're still out there, but they're called lifestyles of the, the not so rich and poor. No, it's the rich and famous. And you get to go through their house and, ooh, look at that. There's more square footage in their living room than I have in my whole house. Ooh, look at that pool. Ooh, ooh. Yes, over here we have the maid's quarters. And over here, we have a sparkling new pool. And over here, and you, they they don't really deserve that. I deserve that. And then you start going through your if onlys. You know, if only I would have made that business deal. If only I would have, and all of a sudden, you're like, It's, it's this inward longing for what someone else possesses. And Jesus said, beware. It could be your neighbor's house. This is the list in Exodus 20, 17. Spouse, servant. You can think of employees or business. Or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Isn't it interesting? It starts with a house and a spouse. And when you look at other people's lives from a distance, you usually have wrong conclusions. Like, oh, look at, over there. Look at that house. Well, sometimes you see maximum square footage in a house and start thinking this way. What's it going to take to power that thing? What's it going to take to clean that thing? Can I get a witness? You might want to reduce your overall square footage. You know, you never know. And we start looking at other people's spouses from a distance. Well, do you know something? If you are in that relationship You'd carry the same problems into there that you have in the one that you presently have. But the grass looks greener on the other side and still, until you start walking for a while in it. And there's a pastor who said this wisely. If the grass ever looks greener on the other side, you better water yours more. Because hmm? we think, oh, that'll... Uh, I'll go into that other relationship and everything will be wonderful over there. No, it won't, because you'll be there. <laughs> and that other person will be there, and they're messed up, and you don't know, because we're all sick, as Pastor John famously says. <laughs> you see, we play this game. And instead of taking advantage of what we've got and celebrating it and being thankful for it, we do all the what-ifs. If only. And it is, a, it is a corrupting game. And it's fed by all the worst in us. And I will tell you, it will bring you destruction. Now, I mentioned Adam and Eve. I mentioned David. I want to show you a story. It's found in the book of Joshua. So you got the first five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. So Joshua is the guy who's going to carry the uh, lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And so here's what's happening. Joshua chapter six, they have, uh, they're getting ready to take Jericho 615 of Joshua. It came about on the seventh day 
that they rose early at the dawning of the day, Joshua 6.15, marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. 6.16. It came about at the seventh time when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city shall be under the ban. It and all that is in it belongs to the Lord. It's kind of a first fruits of the promised land. Everything in it is forbidden under the ban, and namely, it belongs to the Lord. This goes with coveting. It belongs to another. It's not yours. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her and the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. 18. As for you, only keep yourselves from things under the ban, lest you what? You covet them and take some of the things under the ban so you would make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They belong to him. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So that's going to be now into the future tabernacle and temple. So they're told, here's the rule. You've been listening to The Tenth Commandment, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. And this is Pastor Michael's Ten Commandment teaching series in Exodus 20. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on your podcast app like Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have the links on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word before we go. Coveting is one of those sneaky sins that it's hard to put your finger on at times. Paul said, I wouldn't known what coveting was except by the law. And when you think about the idea of coveting, it's really to want something, to possess something that doesn't really belong to you. And coveting can be a sneaky thing. And, you know, sometimes we jokingly say, I'm coveting your car or your house or something like that. We may say it jokingly, but there's truth in it. And uh, it does bring out something in us where we can see the sinful heart that we can have, you know, where we, we, instead of rejoicing in what someone has, someone we love, we want to possess it ourselves. This is, <laughs> it's probably one of the most, uh, I think, revealing sins of all of the human condition. And it can also reveal the fact that we're not content because contentment is really the opposite of coveting. Paul said, I'd learned the secret of contentment and uh, the secret of contentment is Christ. But I tell you in a world where there's so much to uh, put in front of us in terms of media and wants and knew this and knew that and exchange this for that. And it can be material and it also can be in relationships. Maybe you are at a point where, you know, um, you've grown tired of your spouse. Let's face it. People say that they say, I've fallen out of love or, and that you begin to covet someone else's spouse or another relationship real or imagined. What do you do then? You know, there's an old saying I've used it at weddings many times. If the grass ever looks greener on the other side, you better water yours more. In other words, there is a way that you can reinvest in what you already possess and make it what you think you want by just giving it the attention you gave it at the first. Amen, brother, sister. 
I think you know what I'm saying. Hey, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. We do these little segments at the end of the broadcast just to give a few thoughts before we close. Hey, if you're brand new to the the broadcast, Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. And it's been amazing to see what God's doing with this ministry. We're wrapping up a Ten Commandments teaching. And I would encourage you to tell a friend about what you're hearing. If you'd like to drop us a note, uh, maybe you have a Bible question, maybe you need prayer. You can reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. You can find out much more about the ministry all there, walkintruth.com. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a frequent program listener, we could use your help. Our fiscal year fundraiser ends this Friday, March 31st. And thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. We're only about $14,000 away. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the salaries for a few staff members we have. The mission of Walk in Truth is to equip more people like you with the Word of God to use it in everyday conversations. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach our goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. To reach that goal, it would take 700 more listeners committing to a gift of $20 a month, which sounds like a lot, but with as many stations we broadcast on and the podcast listenership, we believe this can be easily achieved. All it takes is you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of $20 a month. You can donate online at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. And if you like, you could ask us any questions about the use of these funds before you donate. Again, the number is 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. Join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the 10th and final commandment. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.